0: Mahan, you're listening to Savvy Talk. On our second season, I've been talking to the movers and shakers about their brands, their companies, and their stories. How many people can carry the distinction of building not just one, but two million dollar companies? To be a pioneer and leapfrog a single industry, not once, but twice. He built the first telecom conglomerate of our region at a time when people barely knew what mobile phones were, or even what GSM was. And today, we're really excited to be talking to Osman Sultan, who's well known as the CEO of Du, the UAE's second telecom operator, which launched in 2007. Last year, Osman announced he'd be leaving Du by 2020, and I absolutely had to get him to share his story, his experiences, and everything he's learned about how this region has changed over time, especially when it comes to mobile communications and technology. But let's go back to 1998. Osman was working in France Telecom Group, and they were looking to set up in the region. When they won their telecom license in Egypt, they asked him to become the company's founding CEO.
1: I'm very happy I named it Mobinil because of the importance of the Nile River in the Egyptian life and culture. And and that was a great story, based on one thing, that mobility will become something you know that will change everything we do and the slogan was in itself a bet on how this is being important a mobile in the hand of everyone I remember. nobody at the time believed that this could be the case but actually years after everybody was telling me that this is a reality
0: This story would be considered tremendously successful even if it ended right here. But it didn't. The UAE was looking to set up a second telecom operator. For all his experience and skill, Osman was brought in as the founding CEO in 2005, this time of the Emirates Integrated Telecommunications Corporation, EITC, which all of us know by their popular brand name, Do.
1: When we launched Do, something that people don't know. We had characteristics that were unique in the world. This was the first telecom operation to be launched by the second player where penetration rate in the mobile was already more than 100% penetration. That's incredible. Never happened before, ever. In Egypt, when the second player launched, penetration rate was not even, maybe it was... 1%, not even. So that in itself was a big challenge. Mm -hmm. The second unique characteristic, we were the first telco startup that was launching without backing itself on an existing incumbent operator in Egypt. We were backed by the France Telecom, then Orange Group. Uh, Vodafone was backed by the Vodafone Group. Uh, if you take other operations uh, mobily in Saudi Arabia backed by the UAE Atisalat Group. Uh, Zayn in Saudi backed by the Zain Group, etc., etc. You name it. the first telco startup to rely on its own resources, rely on its own Capabilities on its own talent, and that in itself was a huge uh, uh, challenge, but as well a huge opportunity. the third unique characteristic, one of the very few telco startups that start on all fronts mobile okay. uh, home telephony internet uh uh, IPTV, usually all the startups in telco were only mobile. In Egypt, this is what happened. And only after you have, you know, competition starting on these fronts. We started on all these fronts. From so, on day one. On, on, from day one. So the challenge on the strategic approach, the stale- challenge on uh, because of all these fronts, The challenge on the management of finding the right resources and managing these right resources because not being backed up by any existing incumbent operator. And the challenge of creating a differentiation, I had to juggle with the three challenges and I wanted to transform every one of these into an opportunity that will make us different. You know, and journalists were were asking me, What will be your recipe for, you know, to to succeed? And I said, you know what? There is not a very simple recipe. There isn't. Actually, it is a very boring, disciplined work on every single step of the value chain. We have to do it well. We have to really make sure that we're doing things uh, uh, really well. So that's the, uh, the way to do it. I, I used to tell them, you know, with a smile, I'm sorry, I don't have, you know, a, a card in my sleeve okay. or a rabbit <laughs> uh, uh, in a hat where in technology uh, that nobody has or, or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, when, and credit has to be given where credit is, when we were competing with one of the strongest incumbents, in the region. An incumbent that was going in other uh, geographies and, you know, uh, flexing muscles. So we were in their home and their zoological territory. We were uh, competing with them. So the story was, as as I said, a huge opportunity and responsibility. And I believe that this is maybe uh, the happiest years of my professional career. It was a great story, great challenges. When I see now the talented young women and young men that are working in this company, you know, all the heart, all the passion uh, that they're doing. When I see the results and something that I'm very proud of, that to my shareholders, whether it was in Mobinin in Egypt and now year after year, I have been delivering better financial results over the last 20 years where I have been, 22 years uh, being a CEO. So I I, I don't like just to think that we delivered only on the story. We delivered on the story and we delivered on the numbers and the results.
0: What is perhaps the most interesting aspect of Du's concept in messaging is that the idea of add life to life still holds true a decade later.
1: The first part in Egypt was related to The promise of mobility. When I started in Egypt, penetration rate was less than 0.1%. When we launched Do, penetration rate in mobile was already at 100%. So the story that the mobile was in every hand, the mobile was already in every hand and probably people had one in each hand and one in the pocket. So that was not anymore uh, an expression of the vision. It was not anymore. Oh, I can be. I am able to make calls. I can send messages. I can do much more. In two thousand and five, when we were starting and thinking about this, so the story shifted from you could add much more to everything in your life. Actually, you can add life to everything you touch in your life. You can add life to shopping you will be able to do things differently. You can add life to access to knowledge, to access the things that I need to study in my university or in my school. That was becoming the heart. This is why it was needed to go in a different vision. And if you look at it, we're so proud because our vision, or first of all, the name, we went an extra, didn't have any more thing to do with Mob or tell or come, yeah. Because it's beyond. It was just beyond, and we were the first, um, and, and probably among the first in the world that got away completely. With that name,
0: actually, I didn't think away. about that. Till no, you no, just, no nothing.
1: It. All the others, you know, was more, even more. now, not anymore. The Zane of this world, the Viva of this world, moved away from that. We're very proud of the thinking that with the team we were doing, making sure that our differentiation will come from that. Our colors were different. The way we were talking to the market was different. And that, I think, contributed in the success and in delivering of the results, the, the financial results that we, we delivered.
0: Because Osman has been sitting in the front seat on how technology has evolved in the region, he's probably the best person to give us perspective on where it's going next.
1: It's good to read a little bit the past. Mid nineties, there is this thing called the internet. If you remember, we started going what were you doing? What were we doing when we were going on the internet?
0: Uh, I was checking the news.
1: You were searching Searching. for something.
0: Google launched in 1996.
1: Exactly. And if you see most of the sites or the destinations were search engines. We were checking and reading. So we were, I I dare to say, we used to go to the internet like we go to a library. Early 2000, we started buying things on the internet, booking for... An airplane ticket because you know, so we started going to the internet like we go to a shop. The real change that really created this momentum, incredible momentum, is when mid 2000 with the Facebook of this world, etc., we started going to the internet like we go to a cafe. I'm just going there, sitting. I'm looking to what this guy is saying, uh, what is she wearing, uh, what these guys are eating. Oh, oh, they, you know, they were, you know that today they went to they went this restaurant. Uh, they had this, uh, this pizza that I really like, or they had this dish that I really, this is what you do in a cafe. Yeah, you sit, you chat, you discuss, you socialize. If I link this, if you see, What is the dividend that was made in in terms of, you know, people? Mid-90s or in the late 90s, the people who really made this very rapid wealth are the people who were in the heart of the telecom. Uh, Carlos Slim, the Ambani and the Mittal in uh, the Sawiris and the Mikati in, in this region the Brahim, all these people that were just betting on what? Customers, because every customer was paying directly. Few years after, you see the people who started having these valuations going and skyrocketing are the people who were in this social networking things where it is the data dividend. People sharing all this data because customers were not paying even if these companies are not making money. Years after, it's the experience dividend. People who are just, their value proposition is to tell you, you know what, you you take a taxi, now I'm proposing to you a whole different experience to take a taxi. Mm-hmm. The Uber of this world, the Airbnb of this world. It, it shifted from where the value as well is. So these universe are going to be one with each other they will melt somehow it is clear that now the differentiation will happen through the experience changing things I'm offering to you and this is where you will be ready to pay I believe we are into this now everything we do everything I do as an individual as a group as a family as a small enterprise, as a large corporation, as a government, as a nation, is going to be impacted. Whatever is the vertical or the industry you are in, retail, distribution, hospitality, banking, fashion, whether you know it or whether you don't know it yet, you are in the middle of a digital transformation journey.
0: What is the digital transformation journey and how can they prepare for it?
1: Well, it's, it's, that it's not easy to just phrase it in a word, but what happens is that people imagine that I've done, I've done my transformation just when I, I create an app and I find some digital channels for my customers to interact. It's not enough. The entire back office, my entire factory to deliver these services from my IT systems, from my entire infrastructure, to my organization structure, to the processes and the organization structure have to change according to the change and the processes, to the people, the talent that I have in the company, the skills, all this, to the work environment that is supporting that. That is a holistic digital transformation.
0: So one of the things that I think a lot of companies will face if they're a small business or a large company or these family businesses, is how do they get the, their teams the skills they need to upgrade them or to upskill them? Part of the digital transformation process is preparing for it yes, and needs training. So where should companies start and how do you instill that culture or that mindset that learning is an everyday job.
1: You said it, it's a mindset, it's a culture. If I had a recipe, you know, a ready recipe to say, no, it's a difficult process. Let me give you an example. We use to have a functional segmentation, let's say when we recruit. You have people marketing, you have sales, you have your IT, you have your infrastructure, you have finance, you have HR, et cetera, et cetera. Now you have, I would say, horizontal skills that have, you need people that have skills in artificial intelligence, and that's across the board. People that will learn about data, data analytics across these various functions. It's not only the people who are dealing with this, no, across the various functions in the company. There is an uplifting of the skills you have in parallel with a change of the way we look at our organizations, the traditional way we look at our organization structure. This is why for all these internet companies, the Silicon Valley's company, it was much easier to work on a white piece of paper. Paper. Even, and I had the opportunity to work on a white piece of paper two times. Two, I'm the founding CEO of two major companies that became really multi-billion dollars uh, uh, company. But we were already in the track of telecom. It's only recently that we're bringing people from retail, from customer experience, people who come from the luxury world, people who come from the airline industry, people who come from banking, et cetera, et cetera, because customer experience is at the heart of what you do. And guess what? People are not going to compare you as a telco and compare you with the other telco company. They are going to compare you with the last best experience they had with a Karim or an Uber or Talabat or Deliveroo. That is such an important point. And this is why the benchmark, uh, the benchmark frame is changing completely.
0: Customer experience. People want to have a good experience.
1: That's all about, that's the differentiation that you can bring.
0: As a founding CEO twice over, I wanted to get Osman's advice to all the young entrepreneurs out there.
1: You know, I usually don't give lessons to entrepreneurs because I don't consider myself as a real entrepreneur. Although, very often people refer to me As such, no, you've built. Yeah, but there is a difference when you take all what you have and you put your life. At the end, I'm an employee. I had two great experiences of startups, but, you know, out of the comfort of my executive package and and, and compensation. So I like to be humble. And I am so thrilled when I see these young men and young women leaving everything, taking everything they have, just... And going after their bed. So the first thing I, when I interact with them, I tell them, you have to be stubborn on the vision you
0: have. Really? Why but is that?
1: Flexible on the execution. Why is that? Because the ecosystems are changing constantly. Mm. So you think that this has to be done this way? No. Don't hesitate to frame it a little bit, to frame it differently, and just do it in A different, adapt, be flexible flexible. on the execution. Ruthless on the accuracy of the execution, but flexible on the frame of this execution. I, I, I tell them this. Now, what I like to think as well is that, whether on purpose or not, I have contributed to push or enhance the path of, because something I'm very proud of more than these financial results or, you know, the, 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 the value of the companies that I created is within my uh, lifetime as a CEO, 22 executives that worked for me became CEOs. Oh, so
0: 22. you developed other From- leaders.
1: Canada to North Korea. I'm not, not very common to say that. Passing by, you know, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, Lebanon, Saudi, so uh, UAE, Iraq, Jordan, uh, uh, Italy, Russia, Belgium, Vanuatu, and, 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 the, and, and the Pacific, Kenya, uh, Dominican Republic. So these Men and women are actually, and when they tell me, you know what it is we learned, that word in itself is the best reward. I think this is why I, I enjoy talking as well to young entrepreneurs, etc., and seeing uh, what they're doing because it's so refreshing to see this fire that is animating them because they want to be the next unicorn. They want to be the next billion dollar company, et cetera. And I I just tell them, go for it.
0: Yeah, they can achieve it. Definitely, they can achieve it. What's the next step for you? So you have announced, like, I've never seen anyone in the Middle East do this, announce that they're leaving at the top of their game. You gave them like a year's notice. And you are going to be working on your next chapter. You leave the company in very good hands. You
1: know what, what happened is that when thinking what would be, what would really mean for me to uh, after all these years and how I can do different things. I, uh, and it's a very good governance practice. I implemented in 2017 a CEO succession plan, an agreement with the board with a target that in 2020, come 2020, that would be the good time to see. So we said, okay, 2020 is down the road, but this is a publicly traded company. When you move to an active uh, search, search. That will be, you know, uh, rumors around circling. We owe this company and the shareholders of this company the uh, highest standards of transparency. So we just said, you know what, the active search for the successor of the CEO is now engaged. Uh, The board very kindly asked me to be involved in this and to ensure the transition, which of course, and as you said, I'm quite confident Because with the board and the steering of the board, with the quality of the management that we have in place and the quality of employees, I will have the comfort that this company is really, as you said, in very, uh, very good hands. And it's time for me to think of of something else that I can see more of non-executive roles, Uh, specific mandate, and as well focusing on this digital transformation. And doing that through, as I said, these mandates, non-executive mandates, but as well through being a storyteller. Uh, You very kindly referred to one of the conferences I was uh, giving. I would continue doing this because I think that there is a way that we owe it uh, uh, to simplify the story. There are today a lot of buzzwords roaming around. Each of them have the potential of really transforming everything we do. The Internet of Things, uh, Machine to Machine, Blockchain, uh, Big Data, AI, etc., etc. All these, you know, uh, coming and people imagine that when we... But I think that some people need to go and say, okay, these are all components. How does this come together, come together. if any? What is the uh, view? And tell the story about, around that. You know, so uh, I've always liked storytelling.
0: I'm really glad Osman agreed to give me time sharing with me his playbook and how he built some powerful companies. I hope each of you learned something from this episode and are lucky enough someday to learn from the man himself. Thank you so much for listening. You can find all of our episodes in your favorite podcast player and follow us on Instagram at Digital and Savvy. I'll be back in two weeks with a new guest.